Welcome to the Otaku Melancholy Podcast, the podcast that you always have a VIP badge to listen into. My name is Matt, and I have been known to spend up to $600 in the dealer's room. That is my current high score. I dare you to beat it, but not really. And I'm Audrey, and I like to cosplay as a person who likes to try to cosplay. And funny enough, I can't get that cosplay done either. It's very meta. (laughs) Alright. Well, I'm assuming you can read, and if you can't, then you have been doing very well to get this far in your life, and I'm very proud of you, but do go learn how to read at your earliest convenience. They do have a lot of classes to help with that in your local area, I'm sure, or at least I hope so. Anyways, we are joined by two guests, one from a podcast, one from their friendship. Uh, let me introduce oh, the One True Podcast, Ro and Storm. Hello. Hello. What's up? All right. Well, well, Ro, Ro, Ro is from... Yes, is from the One True Podcast, which you should check out. Storm is their friend. Storm who- is my partner in crime when we present at anime conventions. We are part of a hibernating group comedy troupe. Is that what we are? Yeah, might as well be. Might as well be. A dumb weeb comedy troupe called The Odd and Unpopular. Ooh, that's a yeah. nice name. Mm. Good names. One True Podcast is also a very... A very like proud and bold title. It's like we are the one true podcast. Like I, I guess honestly, part of the the joke. Like yeah, I was about to say I honestly made it up when I was like blasted. So <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah. Well, I well I know at one point when I when I told Audrey, hey, we're collabing with them. So like I don't know, do some research. <laughs> she sent me a message saying which one, <laughs> which one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you told me the name of the podcast, and I looked it up. It was either OTP podcast or One True podcast, and I got like five different shows on Google Podcasts, and I'm like, none of these are explicitly anime, and I, and I don't know how to read descriptions. So, uh, <laughs> which one is it? Well, the, ans- the, the answer one. is is one of them is good. And that's, that's the real. <laughs> that's the real answer there. Oh one of God. them was a basketball podcast. You are you could serious? Used- <laughs> yes. You could have used context clues. <laughs> do you think that we would like, do you think we sport? We don't even sport anime, which is kind of funny because I mean, Ro here does. I, I very much sport anime. I I've had to tell. Anime. Yeah, we both oh, actually dang. pretty hardcore sport anime. It was actually um, Storm that got me into sports anime mm-hmm. as much as I'm into it now. I have a really bad habit of not listening to Storm <laughs> and <laughs> waiting until forever to watch a really good anime and nine times out of ten, that really good anime is a sports anime. Unless it was the one time we both watched Run With The Wind together. Oh, yeah. That oh, We watched it at the yeah. same time, and that was very good. I'm really happy I did that. But, yeah, we are, like, super sports anime fans. I think I've only watched three. And they are. Was uh, I was about hi- to say. Haikyuu. Kuroko's basketball. I watched Bad twelve show. episodes of it, Bad and show. Stars Align. Bad show. Uh, no, Stars, Stars Align. Align. Oh, ignore me. Ignore me. Sorry, I spoke too soon. Stars Align. Good show. Tragic how it ended. 
Oh, I'm actually, I don't want to fight you because I actually <laughs> legitimately, unironically love Haikyuu. I'm, I, oh, so I, do we. Yeah, I, I never said anything bad about Haikyuu. I thought you said bad show. No, I said bad show about Koroko no Basket. Mm. That's the uh, bad show. I mean, they're ugly. Scratch his back of head. Not wrong. Yeah. I couldn't watch it. They're too ugly. Is, uh, uh, is skateboarding a sport? S- Skate the Infinity is 100%. A sports anime. Skateboarding is oh, a sport dang, as play. defined by the Tokyo Olympics. That just happened. Oh, yeah. True. Fucking nice. If one want to go back and see if they have a video on that, I want to watch the Skateboarding Olympics. It's really cool. It'll probably be up pretty soon. It's a lot of people eating shit, and it's actually pretty good. Because <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's skateboarding. Like, yes, that, e- even at the highest level of skateboarding, it's a lot of eating shit. <laughs> Wipe out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, see, I I honestly fought sports anime for so long, mostly because I, I did not think that I would enjoy it. And I also watched Kuroko where I said, man, I didn't know you could stop time while you played basketball. That's pretty <laughs> cool. Well, the thing, the thing, I mean, the thing with sports anime is that you have to, you, it's more, once you take a step and you look at sports anime, like at a, at a deeper level you start to realize that a lot of it is just better written action anime instead ah. <laughs> just without <laughs> superpowers most of the mm-hmm. time yeah which is why Haikyuu is amazing uh-huh. that's, why because, run, that's why Run with the Wind yeah. is amazing that's why Megalobox is amazing it's why, it's why Diano yeah. Ace is amazing it's why Ace is good it's why um, oh god Dino Epo uh, it's why Hajime no Epo is good. It's why Initial e. D is good. Like... Sports anime is all about the friends we made along the way. That's I true. love the genre of good boys being good and doing well. Like, I they really fucking make you care about every single goddamn character in a sports anime. It's really hard to pick a villain, mm-hmm. I think. Because well, there are no villains, really. Uh, and this is, this is skate the infinity. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> the there, guy who literally <laughs> says this skateboarding anime is now baseball home sure. run to your forehead. <laughs> literally, it, well, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, it, and it's it's true. It's true with sports, and you have narratives, and you have this team versus this team, or this player versus this player, or this player used to be on this team, and this is a really good story, and blah blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Um. The thing oftentimes with sports anime is that they do kind of ground it at the end of the day where you do sit down and you go, well, these are all just players playing a game. No, like they, they probably have nothing really personal against anybody. And their objective at the end of the day is to win. And it's unless re- it's, it's really food wars. Not, unless it's food wars, but <laughs> that has to raise the question of is food wars a sports anime? Absolutely, <laughs> Which there's it a is. tournament arc. It is, and every good sports anime has a tournament arc. So, well, I mean, every good sports anime is a tournament arc. True, it's just one, and that's food wars, mm-hmm. like essentially. Does that make every shonen show a, a sports anime? No, that is not true. <laughs> every most. Most sport. Wait. Okay. Hold on. Back up. Most tournament arcs are shonen, but not all shonen are tournament arcs. Hmm. It's like a multi-layer Venn diagram. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Kind of like thinking I'm like 
Have I ever seen something that didn't have a tournament arc in a sports anime? But I'm like, I've only got like four things. I also forgot about Cross Game. Ah. Mm. I watched like I watched like 20 episodes of that, and it said I've got 50 episodes, and I said I can't handle that kind of commitment. I'm sorry, you got to break it up in the seasons for me. That's so real. That's why Diano Ace is like so daunting because the first season is 75 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 75 episodes. But meanwhile, there are people watching like all this One Piece, and I'm like, if you could watch One Piece, you could definitely watch Diano Ace. There, there are all these people watching Sesame Street, and Sesame Street is like 4,000 <laughs> episodes, so. You know, I'm sorry. Can, we, yeah, we, you're right. We, we, you can sit down and watch Diana. <laughs> All right, Audrey. We also watched like two episodes of Tamayomi. Yeah. Baseball thighs the anime. And uh, there you that go. was a, an absolute disappointment on all fronts. <laughs> Wasn't even a good baseball anime. I remember, I remember distinctly like 10 or 15 minutes straight of... Like, these two girls just tossing a baseball back and forth while they're talking about some bullshit. <laughs> and they didn't even have good thighs like I was promised. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Very, very, very cultured woman you are. <laughs> um, So, I we have them on because basically, um, I don't remember how it happened, but <laughs> I remember there was some messaging and it was, hey, conventions. And it was, yeah, conventions. Matt was drunk so, late that one night and said, hey, I like this anime podcast. I'm going to message them and get them on my show. I'm so happy you did. I love collabing with people. I think it's amazing that like we can, you know, be on each other's shows and like talk. I think that's great. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then Matt messaged me one day and said, hey, we're doing another collab. And I'm like, OK. That's basically how it goes. It's just... I barely know what's going on half the time with my yeah, own podcast. Me too, me too honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly it's mostly just assigning you homework and saying you have to watch the Santa Bay by then and you have to be aware of what these people are about by then. And if you don't and you make me look like a fool, then I'm, I'm <laughs> going to give you the cold shoulder for two days and let your anxiety oh, no. wonder what you did wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a lot. <laughs> that's like middle school level shenanigans. That's, that's I, our it's friendship. juvenile mind games. <laughs> you say that, but it's you do the worst things. Like the like the day of. Hey, buddy, <laughs> I got bad news for you. I didn't know that Toradora was twenty four episodes. I thought I could do it in a sitting. I didn't. I thought is Toradora, is Toradora only twenty four. It's only 24. It feels like it'd be like... Really? It, feels. it feels like it's 50. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> there, are a couple, there are a couple of episodes in Torador where I feel like absolutely nothing happens. Oh, it's more than a couple. <laughs> yeah. I, this, is coming, this is coming from somebody that loves that show. But I always, I like in my mind, I I ping Toradora as fifty episodes. <laughs> but we did literally well, have a moment where we were going through all of Satoshi Kon's works, which were all movies except for Paranoia Agent, which was up next. And at that time, we were recording on Sundays and then publishing on Tuesdays, and and it came Sunday, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to get together with you and watch Paranoia Agent. And he's like, what do you mean? It's a series. We can't watch that in one city. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? 
I didn't even realize that Paranoid Agent was not a movie, so I had to stay up all of Sunday night and Monday morning binging Paranoid Agent so that we could record it and get it to Craig so we, that he could edit it Jeez. in Jeez. one day. <laughs> we are... We're a professional. We've been doing this for almost two years. <laughs> And I respect it. You no, gotta I res- respect I res- it. I respect we're, it. Absolutely. We're professionals. Thank, thank you. Thank you. But yes, uh, we're on here just uh, to all talk about conventions. I also kind of want to hear some of the... Uh, I also kind of want to do a semi-interview, too, because I'm kind of interested in everybody's sort of convention experiences, especially people I don't know, because, you know, if I knew them, then I'd know the answers. But So <laughs> what was Rowan Storm? What were your first conventions? Oh, gosh. You want to go Lord. first? Um, I think probably it must have been Otakon twenty ten. Oh my I god, think. I was there. <laughs> I was there. Yeah, it I, it must have been. I think it must have been Otakon twenty ten. Wow, it, that was, it had to have been. That was my second anime convention. I went to really? anime. I went to anime oh, next yeah, yeah, in two thousand nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. I had to bet, okay, I wanted to go to Anime Next in 2008, because that's when the dub cast of Oran High School Host Club was going to be there, (laughs) and I wanted nothing more than to see the dub cast of Oran High School Host Club, so I asked my mom, I was like, Mom, can I go to this anime convention? And my mother said no. Um, so then I couldn't go, and I was mega upset when my friends got to meet the cast, and I was home crying mm. so i i did the bratty bitch thing and i made my mom like miserable that weekend wow and the next year when i asked she was like fine you can go <laughs> and i got myself a little harky suzumiya costume and i, I was <laughs> as happy as a little clam at that yep. anime convention what about you storm yeah for me i mean i it was just kind of i i had i was i was a part in addition to theater in high school, I was also a part of the anime club in high school. Oh, no! And, in, you know, <laughs> I had all of these friends in high school that was like, you have to go to conventions, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually I decided, you know, I would I would go to a convention at some point. And I got roped into it in Otakon 2010. And I made my way down to Baltimore because that's where it was at the time. Oh, and there was ice cold water for only a dollar. Yes! <laughs> and... <laughs> Wow. And I had the best time that my 16-year-old life could have had at that moment. That was also the year that there was a bomb threat yep. at Otakon yep. because someone on yep. 4chan put out a like a hit on Otakon. It was very weird. But like there was a mini like 4chan attack on Otakon and they had everybody evacuate the building and it was during the Hitalia panel. So I was pressed. I was so pressed that I, we had to go outside and wait for me to like see the Hitalia panel. I was so mad anyway. Wow. But yeah. Yeah. And then it was, it was a couple of years after that until my next convention, which honestly, uh, Ro, it must have been when we went in to uh Otakon again in DC. No, it was it was cuz we didn't go with the people that we went with in 2016. We went so, in 2017. So our my next convention was actually Otakon 2017 when uh, no, uh, Katsukon 2017. No, that was 2018, you dumbo. Was it really? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're getting the timeline mixed up. I'm, the, the timeline kind of all blends together. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it was Otakon first, and then they don't listen to this podcast, so I could be shady. We went with the group <laughs> where there were some people. This is something we can talk about later once we're done, like, gushing yeah. over experiences. But there are some people who just couldn't hang. And yeah. it was really frustrating for the both of us because we are, for lack of a better words, we're Disney adults in the sense that we plan what we're going to do, yeah. get to the park at 8 in the morning, and yep. <laughs> like... All that it's, bullshit. And it's, it's the entire day, you know, like from start yeah, to like, finish, we have our day planned. Yeah, it's booked. And like, we get it if, you know, you don't want to do things. But these people would like basically guilt us mm -hmm. for like wanting to do things on our schedule and not like constantly including them, mm -hmm. which is not cool, friends. When you go to anime conventions, don't do that to people. That's not fair. They're yeah. also trying to have a good time. 100%. And, like, and that's so it. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, go you go, you go, you so go. So it's like, it's like one of those things that you want to kind of like do keep aware of. It's like, hey, like, you know, if you're going with a large group of people, one thing that you do have to do is keep in mind that sometimes people aren't going to want to do the same things that you want to do, right? Yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes you're going to want to go to the hotel a lot earlier than the other people. That doesn't mean you drag your entire group with you to go home earlier, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because that's what was happening all of the time. Oh. So we were like, we branched off yep. and we said, we're going to KatsuCon 2018. And I remember, I remember the afternoon I was sitting with my parents on the deck and I was, and you were like, okay, like Katsu, like tickets are up. Like, does anybody want to go? And I was like, I'm an adult. At this point <laughs> I graduated like undergrad and I was like, I'm an adult. I can just go to this con and my parents can't say shit so i told my parents i was like i'm going to convention in february they're like no you're not and i was like no yes, I, I'm, I I'm going <laughs> because like where where i'm from the weather is like very you know finicky and there the potential of ice and snow is always a thing mm -hmm. but i was like no fuck it i'm gonna go because i want to go and <laughs> you and i Storm and I basically like formed a pact <laughs> at that convention it was like this was our like anime moment. Yeah. We were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, so this is the tits, and we're coming back all the time. <laughs> Every single year. No if matter we, if what. We can, if we can. And yeah, we've been going to KatsuCon ever since. And like, granted, it didn't happen in 2021, but we were at the last, literally the last, like pre-pandemic anime convention yep. in the entire country. Yep. Like in February of 2020, and it was wow. insane, and it's weird. It's weird thinking about it because everyone was making jokes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone was making jokes during the convention because this was it. It, it was February. And it was February 13th. February 2020. Yeah, it was February yeah. 13th. It was Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah, it was Valentine's the weekend, Day weekend. Sonic the Hedgehog came yep, out. It was the same weekend. <laughs> I remember. But it was it was it was February thirteenth to the fifteenth, mm -hmm. and every there were so many cosplays of people in like hazmat suits and plate doctors, and like everyone joking that this was going to be like so dubbed quarantine con. Oh my god! Not 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 knowing what was going to happen in the next year and a half. Oh. And and then in retrospect, it's like, damn, we were really cursed the entire world with this Man. one. Hindsight <laughs> is a bitch, isn't it? 
Yeah. Well, that's a, that's actually kind of a funny story too because oh, absolutely. Because we went we went to Comic Con, Audrey and I, um, mm. that was held on the thirty first of January to the second of February, and at the time it was just what's Corona, but we were watching <laughs> NHK. And they were saying a new virus outbreak is going on in China. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, that won't, have, that won't affect us. I remember because cause Audrey said, yeah, probably not. You know, nothing will really, I don't think anything will happen. I said, yeah, you probably. Mm. And then now all I can think about that I got out of that experience was, yeah, NHK is pretty cool. But I never once thought about that coronavirus thing at all until mm. my work said, hey, guess what? Who likes not getting paid? <laughs> and I said, oh, no. not me. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that is pretty funny, actually. That that just happening. <laughs> that is no nobody considered the the fact that this like Katsukon twenty twenty one. There there might have been a couple of other like conventions that happened. But in my mind, yeah, there that, were a that, bunch of virtual mm-hmm. cons. That was a that was the last like big convention that happened. Yeah, and I feel like for KatsuCon, for KatsuCon, it's also hard to like do a virtual convention mm-hmm. since the con itself is primarily billed as a cosplay convention. Mm-hmm. So I really liked what they did was instead of holding a convention proper, they had a bunch of people post their, you know, would have been cosplays mm-hmm. on Twitter mm-hmm. with the hashtag. And I thought that was really creative and yep. great. You know, there are a bunch of other conventions that did virtual cons. I know FlameCon did a virtual con this year that went really well. And I think... And Anime Next also did a virtual con. The staff at Anime Next, such <laughs> yeah, good people. I love all um, of them. If the be- they are the they're best wonderful. Staff, the best Support staff. Anime Next, the be- please. The absolute best staff in the in, crown jewel of the East yeah, Coast. 100%. Anime Next. in terms of staffing, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they're so good, and they put on a virtual con this year, which I did a video for, and it was it went pretty well. So yeah, Momocon did a virtual convention in. Mm. May of 2020, right when lockdown was just going into effect. So I, right. so I might be wrong, but it was probably one of the first to do that. And of course, that was right. when Animal Crossing came out. So they had something with that where yes. they had like a convention hall experience on an island, and you could like oh yeah yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that oh yeah, I you think I saw that time yeah. to go on the island, and mm-hmm. I wish I could have gone, but it. There was something different about the online convention experience that did not feel the same about compared to a real one. Oh, like one hundred percent. Like yeah. he, he, even when I was sitting in my room at my desk saying, Oh yeah, Momocon Line is going on right now. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I mean it's it's something it's something about the crowd and the energy yeah. and the people and it's it's um it's something along the lines of that. Let let's be that real. physical presence back. That the physical presence and also the the um back in my day. <laughs> yeah, but back in back in back <laughs> in my day, you know, conventions and anime used to be something that kind of a hollowed ground. Yeah, right? where it was it was kind of this place that you could go to where you wouldn't be judged, where you wouldn't be made fun of, that you could just indulge in the thing that you like. Mm -hmm. And for that to suddenly just be ripped away from people, 
mm-hmm. and to not have that vacation of I am going to a place where people like and act and enjoy the things that I like in the same exact way that I do mm-hmm. is really, really hard mm-hmm. for a lot mm-hmm. of people. You know, like that that kind of security and placement and of you know this this is a place where this is a ju- it's a judgment free zone, right? Mm-hmm. Where you you go in there and you go, well, no one's everyone does the same shit that I do. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, so no one's going to be angry that I'm sitting here, you know, indulging in big mommy milk, <laughs> right? Like, like, oh my god! But, but it's true though, you know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> to a certain extent, obviously. Tastefully <laughs> indulging. Exactly. Tastefully. Exactly. But oh but god. but it it is one of those things where you know it's like this is this is an environment that is inclusive and it is welcoming and is. Um, an escape from the, a reality where people look at, oh shit, you like anime? I'm going to like be on the other side of the room now. Mm-hmm. Now, this is definitely from a perspective of somebody that is older, like not old, older, but like approaching 30 at this point in time. Um, and that, you know, in high school, you were made fun of if you liked anime. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, n- not, not anymore. anymore. <laughs> now, nowadays, and nowadays, anime is anime is the fucking tits. Yeah, and every, everybody I, loves anime. Uh, shit, my nephew is going through high school right now with a Naruto bandana. Right, right. Yeah, and and that's not to say that you know in in me and back in the day with me and Ro, it's just like you know like people. People did that, but they were ridiculed and made fun of and tormented. Yeah. Nowadays, if you're doing uh, that shit in middle school and high school, people are like, hell yeah, I fucking love Naruto. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I think they deserve the bullying. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's why I, I became a teacher, I, so I could exactly. bully the children. Exactly. Just kidding. It's I'm right. not actually Can you a sound teacher, bite that and, like, I don't know, use something with that? Bully the children. <laughs> Honestly, that's very on brand for me online yeah. anyway. So good. Whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, also when we were younger, we didn't really have social Mm -hmm. media. So being able to talk to our friends Mm -hmm. on Discord and have all of these communities, I put out a poll some time ago asking people, you know, where did you congregate like in fandom spaces back before Discord and things like that? And people would often go to geosites. They would be on LiveJournal. But even then, you know, you can't have the same, you know, what's the word? I don't want to say like physical like meaning because obviously we're not, you know, seeing each other, but I can hear you, right? I know you're like a living, breathing person yeah. and not a robot. At mm. least I hope. I mean, if, so, I mean, and if it's a robot, it, it's a pretty good damn, it's a damn it's a good, good robot. Damn robot. I guess it's like those, those <laughs> old websites at- felt like, you know, hole in the wall places on the internet where like it's, mm-hmm. it's the underground club yeah. where you all meet up. Whereas social media today, it's it's like the big, uh, it's like the big central area in the mall. Mm-hmm. You, it's like Wreck It Ralph right. two. Like if you've seen Wreck It yeah. Ralph two, I think their depiction of the internet is very. <laughs> I good. think it's I think it's valid. <laughs> I think it's fair. Yeah, and something that I honestly like, just judging from where I sit through this entire experience of conventions not going on through a year. I've noticed that because there hasn't been that ability to really have that sort of community, because I do agree with what Storm's saying, and that having that tangible presence of other fans who are basically on the same level as you, it gives your identity, it gives you more validation in your identity and Mm -hmm. hobby, which I feel like is essential. Yes, 
I can enjoy anime, manga, light novels without the need of someone saying, hey, you did good, buddy. But when I know that I don't exist in a vacuum, then it really makes me feel better. And I've noticed over this year that, and you know, there could be some contributions by the fact that people are locked into their houses or Mm -hmm. should be, that anime podcasting has kind of just like every other it was like for a while there after like April, it's like every other month there was a new one. And <laughs> like by the fifth, like by tens and thousands almost because people wanted to talk and they wanted to express themselves because, yeah, I can go on a forum and I can say, hey, dog, I love that new episode of, well, I don't know, Mushoko Tensei. But when I get to scream into someone's ears and penetrate their eardrums and make <laughs> force myself into their brain consensually or not, that's different. And it's been kind of a great little way for me personally to have that sort of community when people do say, hey, you're actually stupid, dude. That show sucks. <laughs> it, it feels more purposeful than me just saying, hey, Audrey, this was pretty good, right? And then she say, yeah, I guess. <laughs> so I feel like that's kind of been, from my perspective at least, that there has been attempts at filling holes by people just doing their own personal outreach, be it by YouTubing, podcasting. Um, yeah, I've seen dis- like anime Discord servers really popping off too. I'm in like 20,000 of them, and only half of them are for the emojis to spam in the other half of the Discord server. Don't I fucking know it. <laughs> but I think that's kind of interesting, and it brings me to something that I kind of wanted to also lead into, and you don't have to answer this because maybe it's something that's a little bit weird, but what do you, like, Storm and Row? Uh, what is one of the most, for lack of a better term, what are some of the most cringe things you've seen at conventions? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, that, that's that's the all right, so Ahogao uh, sweaters number one. <laughs> um, don't subject literally fucking anybody to wearing any of that. The only time I'm okay with seeing it is if it's. At an 18 exactly. plus event, exactly. like at night, if, if, like everyone if, isn't on the meme. If it's after hours, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like everybody who is there after hours wants to see mm-hmm. that shit. So, you know, not everybody during the day wants 100%. to see that shit. Like you, you do, you do have to consider that, and, and this is a this is a debate for a different day. But you know, a- anime conventions are a place that is a, it's a multi it's a multi pronged age group, mm-hmm. right? You have people that are literally like ten and below. You have that like eleven to sixteen range. You have that sixteen to eighteen range. You have the eighteen to twenty four range. You have the twenty five to thirty range, and then you have like the thirty plus. And everybody in like and if you are a person, and most of the time they are they are children. Like I'll I'll say it, like most of the time, the people that are wearing like the Ahagao sweat like sweaters and things like that are children. Mm-hmm. Like. They're, they're like because they, they think, think it's, it's funny. so fucking funny. And honestly, if I was fifteen, I would think it's fucking hilarious. But as an adult, an adult. <laughs> it's a very, very different story. I don't think it's funny at all. And I sit there and I look at him like, yo, like I'm not trying to look at porn right now. <laughs> and and then the worst the worst part is, is I sit there and I go, it's like I know exactly what that. <laughs> you know that that's that's when it really hits home. Yeah, I I I I once gushed really bad to Audrey that uh, I went to Subway or somewhere 
and some the person in front of me had one of those hoodies on my God. and i said the pipes are leaking and we need we need it to stop <laughs> because i felt my i felt my my universe collapse i said that right. is something we do at cons why is this here i fear the person who can wear an ahagao hoodie in public uh, not yeah, even not helps. even like during co- uh, convention days but like just a regular friday evening and they're just like at a subway. I'm like, the energy this person has is overwhelming. Well, there, there. So this is completely unrelated to conventions. But I used to have to commute. Um, um, it'd be two buses and a train. Mm-hmm. It'd be two buses and a train, and nearly every day. And I, I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even shitting you right now. Every day when I would get off the train. I would have walked past a guy who was in an Akatsuki robe <laughs> and and a Naruto headband. And it wasn't even like a hidden leaf village. It was like sound village. But it was like completely fucking obscure. Like nobody had ever like actually cosplayed anybody from sound village. And it was this dude who walked through every single goddamn day in an Akatsuki robe and a sound village headband. No fear whatsoever. And I'm not even, I, I'm not joking. It wasn't like middle of the day. It was at like 6 a.m. <laughs> he was just there. And honestly, I don't know to this day if I've escaped his denjutsu. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's wild. What about you, Ro? Have you had like any experience at a convention that you just is, is seared into your memory in the worst way? Um, okay, so here is another hot tip. Make sure you pre-register before the con, because, so Anime Next 2019, Storm and I were dumb bunnies and forgot to pre-register, but we were like, oh, we're panelists, it'll be fine, they'll just, like, give us a pass there or whatever. This is self we- this is self-cringe, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, this is very much self-cringe. We were like... <laughs> We're like, it'll be fine, right? Right? It'll be okay. So we go, and not going to lie, we were a little bit intoxicated. So we roll up to these lovely volunteers, and we were like, hey, can you help us, you know, figure out our badge situation? Well, this turns into about 40 minutes of us walking around the entire convention center, back and forth, back and forth, between different people telling us different things about how we were supposed to be registered. And it was literally just like, whatever Lord in heaven above is like, you deserve this. This is what you get for, like, being shitbags. (laughs) So that was one that was pretty funny. Um, When... I went to Otakon in, it was the last time it was in D.C., not in D.C., in Baltimore, or the second to last time. I can't remember which one it was, but it was like one of the last times it was in Baltimore, and I was with my best friend at the time, and we were just chilling, and I just come across this beautiful Shinji Ikari (laughs) cosplayer. Like, he was beautiful, and I was like, I went out to him, and I was like, can I please take your picture? And he smiled at me, and I felt the world beneath like my feet like just collapsed I, I would also and how old were you at the time oh my god i was like i think i was tw- one, 20 okay. i think it was like 20 okay. it was like 20 years old or something like that yeah i think it was 2014 so i was like 20 um yeah and i didn't get his number <laughs> but yeah 
I was like, wow, this could have been my moment, <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, you know, paneling itself is also like pretty wild. I'm sure you guys have stories from when you paneled at conventions <laughs> that are pretty wild. Uh, I do. Audrey has never. Uh, well, well, Audrey. Well, here's the thing. Matt asked me to be the technology uh, runner for his panel, the uh, JoJo's Aerobic Adventure. JoJo's Bizarre Aerobics. Don't you slander my brand. (laughs) Sorry. But. (laughs) Which which conventions have you done? I have done that uh, three, four years of Comic-Con and that's it. But he asked me to run the, the PowerPoint presentation on the computer on the backstage and I was terrified of the thought of me hitting a wrong button or not doing what I want and I'm having to like figure out how to make it work while the while the presentation's going on and I was just sweating at the thought of it so I said no no you can get John to do it <laughs> meanwhile me oh on gosh. stage in an old <laughs> Joseph Joestar cosplay telling millions of people to scream read <laughs> yeah I <laughs> I just dis- I just dissolved into it. <laughs> I did watch yeah. it though, and it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's that's basically all my experience has ever been, and that is a combination of my former partners, uh, me saying something silly like "We should do JoJo's Bizarre Aerobics," and then a week later, <laughs> I ask, I submitted a panel. We're doing it. And I said, "Oh." <laughs> Let's Ain't that just go. the way? But one of the most cringe things that Audrey and I ever witnessed mutually was in the Comic Con hotel. We were at this like Sher- at the Sheridan, and we were people watching outside, watching the people come in because I, I mean, everybody does it. Yeah, it's it. That's the best thing to do. I same. love doing that. I, anime I like giving everybody a narrative, <laughs> like if. Somebody tries to sit down at a table, but then they get up and walk to the other way. I'm like, oh, they thought that was their friend, but it wasn't. And boy, did we have a narrative on that day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this guy. What did we call call him? I have no idea. It was something like Kevin or or <laughs> something, some kind of like chummy name like that. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. Silent was there, too. And they, with these two people in business suits, they got out a multi-big layer of, like, a flat cart of ramen and snacks. Yeah, pulling it out and, of a van onto the cart. Yeah, and we're we're just observing because, you know, we're like, oh, it's ramen look at that. And at one point, I, I'm going to call him Jake. He's Jake now. <laughs> Jake has his <laughs> hands near the ramen and then one of the guys we don't we can't see what fully happens but then Jake bends over and the two people in business suits back up and the next thing we see is like an entire like case of ramen busted on the ground <laughs> and they're just looking oh, at no. Jake like Jake is going to be excommunicated <laughs> from the church of weeb and, and- and they're all like standing around the spilled ramen and the cart, like 
the, like the two people are like, well, we now we got to call the supervisor because they're just waiting around. I guess the car was to restock like the uh, the con store. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of this one thing that broke, like later on, later on, two other people came out. Jake is walking around, going towards the building, walking back to the car, back towards the building. <laughs> and we're just talking for these people. I'm like, God damn it, Jake. yeah because one of the people who came out like had that walk you know (laughs) that walk of i cannot believe that jake has wasted all of this melon ramene because they got to the spill crossed their arms and jake was jake was doing that thing where he obviously didn't know what he was supposed to do he was doing the shuffle he was shuffling (laughs) and i was like i feel for this man i've been in his position before but also jesus jake it's like jake is, is standing around like i'm here if you need me to do anything sir please i will help out with anything sir and then the sir is like i have nothing for you to do jake you just stand there and wait until i figure out what to do with you but it it hurt on a molecular level <laughs> after that it was just the entire day i just all i could think about was just jake did was he in trouble? Did he? What did ever happen to that? Did they? Did the the did, did the little weeblets get their Robinet? Did Jake, Jake, I just it was just I was just hurt for Jake, really and truly. Was that the last case of melon Robinet? <laughs> but that was uh that was that was the most, and that's not even really cringe. That's just like heartbreaking, mm-hmm. as far as sheer experiences go. And I still. I could still see it in the back of my, in the back of my mind when I close my eyes. Uh, one experience I had that was sort of cringe, but I kind of feel bad for judging was I was walking through the dealer's room, just uh, just browsing around, and I hear from beside me, like eight feet away, Henshin, <laughs> and this dude gets like this common rider belt, and it's going through the full like transformation. Uh, like a, like the transformation scene from Common Rider, and he's like, Toriba, Sukai, or whatever he says, and I'm in his line of sight, like he's looking through me. So I turn around to see if I'm in the way of any camera, like if this was being recorded. And no, it was just him in the middle of this dealer's room aisle doing this Common Rider transformation, and he's doing a pretty good job of. You know, of the transformation, except he f- fumbles a bit right at the end, where he kind of misses the mark, like inserting the key into Damn. the, uh, like into the rotation belt, and I felt kind of bad about that. That I I witnessed that that blemish, but he got through this thing and he well, walked along with this swagger to him that I sort of respect, and I just walked along my way, and. I don't know. I've, at at the same time, I felt like I intruded on his personal moment, and at the same time, I felt like I was uh, non consensually brought into his transformation moment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this is this is one of those things where, like, in terms of like, kind of steering off the subject for a little bit, um, uh, with cringe, it's always a little interesting because, like, yeah. what cringe is and like cringe um has always been a little different at like every point <laughs> in my life where it's like if i'm if i'm if i could go back in time 
right now, and I looked at my 13 year old self, I would go, "Damn, I was fucking yeah." Rich. <laughs> right, like absolutely. And then you hit about like 16 to 18. And then for the next, like, four or five years, you do absolutely everything you can do to avoid being quote-unquote cringe. And then you sit or hit a certain age where you become so comfortable in yourself and you go, you know what? Yeah, I'm fucking cringe. I don't care. (laughs) I'm going to enjoy the shit that I do and I'm going to do the weird shit that I want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And and now I sit here and, like, we we have... um, Rose and I, we have we have a bunch of friends that like, you know, um, who are like just like two, three years younger than us, and um, they're like, oh god, I can't stand, you know, thinking about being cringe or cringe yeah. comedy or whatever. And I'm sitting here, you know, twenty seven years old, and I'm going, you know what, like, damn, I love this <laughs> shit. This shit is so fucking mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> this shit is so funny. I mean, I relish cringe at this mm-hmm. point in time. And so cringe has always just been kind of been one of those interesting topics for me where I've gone, well, you know, would I view this differently if I were younger or a little bit older or, you know, so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And I end up, I don't know. I feel like I'm cringe exactly. universally. And, and, and so that, and, no matter what age I am, thing. I am cringe. And that's the thing is you take a step back and you go, yeah, yeah I'm cringe. Like, and I've always been cringe. Like, I've always been cringe. I don't care. It's like a, Who cares? It's like a you hill know? and valley situation. Because like, <laughs> when you're younger and you're doing something that is kind of cringe, but you feel like you're awesome and you don't even think about it being cringe. You're just doing it because it's fun and because you want to. Then you get a little bit older and you look back, it's like, God damn it, I was cringe. I'm never doing that again. And then you get even older and you're like, I know this is cringe, but I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's literally th- what anime conventions are. Exactly. Like, that's the purpose exactly. of anime conventions. You just do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, like, within reason. Don't be a creep. Consent is important. Very important. Um, In regards to cosplay. But yeah, you could pretty much just let your weeb flag fly. And I think that's why there has Mm -hmm. been so much hype actually recently for going back to anime conventions. I found myself on the anime side of TikTok for a little bit. Now I'm on Fashion Week TikTok, which is much better. I find that more interesting Mm -hmm. than anime TikTok. Um, But for a really long time, people were concerned with, well, there's this entire generation of new weebs who found anime over the pandemic who are probably like 9 to 16 years old and they're going to want to go to anime conventions and they mm-hmm. really don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like what are your guys like top tips for anime convention because I know Storm and I have been peppering them in Always throughout. Ask. What are your tips? Like a, that's kind of like the basic rule of consent is like always ask if you can take a picture. Like that's that's one thing I have to get like get used to cuz I'm very shy about asking pictures. Um, no, no, you're. I was, about to, Go I was ahead. about to say I just don't, and by that I don't mean I take pictures unsolicited. I just say I'm going to keep that in my memory banks forever mm. and not take a picture because I'm too scared. I do the kind <laughs> of I used to do the thing which I've been told is not a good thing to do of 
if I see someone else taking a picture of a cosplay, then I'll quickly join in because <laughs> I wrongly assume that, oh, the door's been open. I'll just sidle on in here. Yeah. And that is honestly something that I, I, I never, again, I never wanted to take pictures because I just always felt I just didn't like to do it. And I wouldn't know what to do with them either anyway, but now I kind of regret that I didn't take photos because now there's so many cosplays I have to say, oh man, remember that that great cosplay? And I have nothing to really hold on to that, which is kind of sad. And it's kind of now I, I, I kind of, as my years have gone on, I've kind of just accepted that it's like was being said earlier. It's just free reign yeah. to be whatever you want to be in an anime convention. I do have cringe memories, like when my cosplays fall apart and I didn't bring any glue, so I'm just there <laughs> saying I'm, I'm battle damaged. But it, you know, in, on on the on the topic of you know bringing you know, going going to the convention and cosplay and not having glue with you or whatever things like that, you know, it's at the end of the day is that it is a matter of you know this shit happens. Yeah. You know, and and you have to be able in you have to reach out to people and be like, "Hey, like, you know, hey, this shit this stuff happens. You have a lot of a lot of conventions will have like cosplay repair services." Yeah, I was about to well. say in um, FlameCon they have like a yeah. huge like cosplay mm-hmm. repair service. I think it's like the biggest one that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And FlameCon like, isn't an anime convention, but still it counts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Katsukon has one. I know Otakon has one. Um I think Anime Next has one. Um, I'm sure, and and any larger convention will typically have like just kind of a cosplay repair person, and you know, don't be afraid to just ask people that you see in the cosplay about you know, hey, do you have anything that could help me with this? And yeah. you're never you're never gonna know. You know, maybe sometimes you're just gonna make a friend. Yeah, I was about and, to say like, they're, they're they're gonna help you out, and you'll you'll make a bond. Be like, hey, this random person helped me out right here and then. Because like we're all in this together in like anime <clears throat> conventions, and like I totally agree. I am very bad at like asking people for pictures and not doing the weird like you know, oh my god, <clears throat> like people are stopped. I'm just gonna like join the crowd. Um, because I am, like, kind of shy, like, in real life. I feel I don't want to bother anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. So it is very tricky to, like, want to ask for help. But I think that's, like, something we all can, like, work on in this new year. Because everybody, I feel like, is going to be so happy to see each other again at conventions. This is, like, a true anime time skip we're, like, living in right now. <laughs> it's like my um, my mom. Uh. Um, uh, we'll call her... We'll call her... Let's just call her Martha for right now. Martha. Um, we'll call we'll call her Martha for right now. But my mom, she um worked um as a Oticon staff member for twenty twenty uh for twenty twenty one, and she worked registration. She just kind of did a bunch of other things, and oh, basically the vibe was everyone just kind of following rules and you know wearing their masks and doing the right thing and all that blah 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 and doing these doing the right thing so that they could go back to enjoying the things that they like enjoying were there any confirmed cases were there any no zero confirmed cases from Oticon. that's amazing that's nothing absolutely nothing from Oticon. And that's with, you know, mass mandates and and just kind of policing and all of the right doing all of the right things. Mm-hmm. And no reported cases from Oticon, 
you know, 99% of people wearing masks and the 1% of people being taken out of the thing <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, doing the right thing. And, you know, that, that's the kind of the mentality of like, you know, I, I sit there and I look at it. And when I heard that Oticon was happening this year, you know, in the, in the midst of Delta variant and in the midst of all of the other political turmoil that's going on at the moment, um, I thought, damn, that's gonna be a fucking disaster. That's going. That's gonna. It's gonna be a super spreader yeah. event. There are going to be so many conf- uh, confirmed cases coming out of that. There's going to be so much shit that's going to go wrong with it. And I'm sitting here on the other side of it, going, damn, I wish I went. Yeah. Because hearing how well it was run, and this is this is me. This is coming from someone that is very skeptical. This is an Aries yeah. talking about. <laughs> This is this is someone that is very very skeptical about Otakon in general mm-hmm. because Otakon in general. I'm sorry if anyone who is listening to this podcast works at Otakon or goes to Otakon, but Otakon, in my experience, has been very very poorly run. Mm. Um, all things considered, um, I've always enjoyed myself at Otakon. Don't get me wrong. But it's always kind of been poorly run. And that's, you know... I think it also has to do with, whatever. like, how big... Like, Otakon was going from, like, a really crowded space to, like, a mm-hmm. super big space. And for what mm-hmm. it's worth, it's definitely gotten better each year mm-hmm. that we've gone since it's moved to D.C. Like, 110%, it's definitely gotten better. But like any business, you know... You know, it, it, there are going to be its kinks there. Things are going to need to be worked out, blah, 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 blah. Um, but coming back from it, I'm like, damn, like, I really wish I could have gone back, con. I wish I really got, could have gone to the first con. Gone to the first first con. (laughs) Gone gone to the first con, like, post-pandemic, right? Yeah. Because that, that was something that, you know, everybody that I know that went had an amazing time because everybody wants so badly to be able to return to conventions. Which is why... Katsu 2022 is going to be a yep. hot mess, and I am very it's excited be to be there. a fucking disaster. I'm very yeah. excited Let's to be there. Go. I'm very excited to be there I, to watch it all go down. I am so excited for AWA in October. Yes. I am. I am like I am going to be there. I'm going to make an absolute fool of myself with my yes. mask on, of course. Mm-hmm. I I am. I am so excited. I have I have been like adding to like my stipend of dealers, my dealers room stipend. Cause I'm like <laughs> I'm going to spend so much because I guess <laughs> like what I there's so much you can do at a con that just is satisfying. Mm-hmm. And dealers room stuff has always been just like not that I'm a whole, you know, consumerist advocate, but just seeing that figure and going, "Oh, yeah, that would just. I want that. I need that. <laughs> yeah. I have. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that instant gratification. Yeah, yeah. aren't going. But is it really instant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> every time I have gotten a big haul from a con, it's there's that trek to the hotel room where you unbox the figure and stare at it on the uh, nightstand, mm-hmm. and you just go, "Oh, that's gonna look really nice mm-hmm. in the case." <laughs> And then you get home and you go, shit. Absolutely. <laughs> this thing? This right now. And, at, at, and, and that's the answer. At the end, at the end yeah, of the I, day, you, know, you know what? Yeah. That's I exactly mean, what I wanted to do. It just feels good. It just feels good because, like, having to plan a purchase is boring. But saying, man, 
I didn't even know this figure was real and yeah. getting it that way. That's just like, are seeing some like really cool artists that you didn't know existed. And then you see their aesthetic and you said, oh, that's mm-hmm. my aesthetic. Yeah. I want that. I want everything you own and like twice over or if they especially the the real clink in the 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 champagne cup glass i don't know what this idiom is but it's happening right now live but <laughs> just when they have merch or like keychains or something of a really obscure series that you mm. yourself feel like you are isolated and loving yeah. and then you just you just buy it that's i've only had it happen a handful of times yeah. but every time it does it's yeah. just or even just yeah. getting butt oodles of buttons to put on your bag yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right. I'm right there with you on it. It's like you know, for me, it's like I'm. I've anytime I see anything from Samurai Shampoo, I will instantly buy it. Mm-hmm. No, no, no matter no matter how good or bad I think it is, I will instantly buy it because this is one of the this is one of the good things about capitalism. People <laughs> is that your is that your dollar actually does matter in some capacity. And if if it means that you are spending money to buy things that you like, it means that people will produce more of that, mm-hmm. right? And it's always like every single every single time I see a samurai shampoo, um, art pin button anything, I instantly buy it because it means to the manufacturer or artist or anybody that there is at least one person out there <laughs> that yeah. will buy this and it means that it will be profitable for them right <laughs> so anytime you see something like in there there are always every single year and it doesn't really matter which year that i go i will see something from a show or a movie or anything that i go damn someone's really making merchandise of this and someone's buying it. i uh, t- uh Oh my Hatsukon god! Yeah. 2019. There was Code Lyoko merchandise. Ooh, that I I had not I and I had not thought about Code Lyoko in forever. And some and and on Sunday of Katsukon 2019, it was sold out because enough Code yeah. Lyoko fans managed to find it and bought it. There was in in Katsukon 2020, there was uh the Cats 2020 movie merchandise yeah. that was sold out on the second day <laughs> of Magical Mr. Mustafa. Yeah, I remember and everybody bought it and everyone loved a it. A merch artist who had all this Zatch Bell stuff and it was funny because I was cosplaying Zatch Bell at that convention mm-hmm. too. So I specifically like went to their table and was like walking by they were like, "Oh my god, it's Zatch Bell." And it was so cute because like we both like this niche <laughs> thing and we bonded over that. Also Zatch Bell is good, so I mean, uh, I never pl- I never watched Satchbill. I just had one of the fighting games, I Momoto did. Battle or whatever. Momoto Battle is goaded. Good game. <laughs> Good as fuck game. <laughs> I used to watch it when they had episodes Network. of it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And Satchbill was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Satchbill and... Ma- uh, what was it? Uh, Mare? M-A-R? I, uh, is that the one with the steel ball that I could talk know. or something? Yeah. Sure. Sure. I'd... Let's go with it. We're going with it. <laughs> yeah, it's We're been going a while. It. Sorry to, I just sorry remember to fond memories of watching it when I was younger <laughs> and not much else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I I just had the game. I just had the game, and mm-hmm. I, it, the, I I thought it was just a video game series, yeah. honestly, until yeah. for the longest time. That's fair. I mean, it was pretty. I mean, Moda Battle's pretty cool. The PS2 one, not so much. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't like that one. Sure. Oh my god. Can we get Zatch Bell for Jump Force? <laughs> I was about to say, was Zatch Bell I, even in Jump? I don't think jump? that that's how that works. Was it? Maybe. I think so. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. I, I've, can we just, I'm two hundred percent positive. No. Can we just? I'm gonna bet make that Jump Force I, the anime Smash Brothers. I mean, yeah, but also Smash Brothers. True. If there's the Fire Emblem in it, it's anime. <laughs> Have you seen how many Fire Emblem characters? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I think my favorite thing to do at anime <laughs> conventions, because I'm lame and I like to sit, is going to the AMV contest. I always look forward to the AMV contest. It's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. I always skip uh, the sentimental mm-hmm. part. That's when I go to the bathroom. But the comedy portions of the AMV contest are my absolute favorite thing in the world. Like, the things that people create are so funny. And I've also seen probably, like, 50 Greatest Showman AMVs within the past, like, three years. So... <laughs> and every single time I have won, I have won... It's the same anime, the same, the same like... <laughs> and this, like, like, I'm sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to dig on all of you. Like, I'm gonna dig into all, the, all of you AMV creators out there for right now. But it is one of those things where I go, dang, like, please either <laughs> pick a different show or a different soundtrack. For the love of God, <laughs> pick something else. And and, and and you and I know it's not just me, because at the start of every uh, <laughs> AMV contest. There's a display. There's a. There's a. No. Not. E- not even. Not even just. Not even just the. Um. Not even just the individual AMVs. But at the very top of the AMV contest, you always get this paragraph of a disclaimer that says, "This is what you're in for. We are sorry for the repeat of the following." And most of the time, it's Pretty like showman. we're sorry for the repeat of the following. My he- my hero academia greatest showman <laughs> son- uh, soundtrack Hamilton soundtracks um um dragon maid we're sorry for x y and z and it just keeps going down and it's like this very very long list of just going like hey we're <laughs> sorry for the amount of repeat shit that you're gonna start to see so I, I, so oh, please I was for say, the love oh of God. God pick something else <laughs> I. I'm just gonna say, one time I went to an AMV contest, and there was two Oremo AMVs in the comedy section, and I was absolutely thrilled, Mm -hmm. because they both steered into that (laughs) incest curve, like, really hard. And and you know what? That's fine. I think that's fine. But there, there is just such a large portion of AMV contests that do you get lumped into the same exact Yeah, thing? I feel like they're a romance um, oh. and a sentimental category. They're, like, very similar. Maybe they should, like, change the name to, yeah. like, same angst category, thing. like, emotional <laughs> instead of sentimental because, like, then, like, a lot of the romance and sentimental stuff kind of, like, crosses over. Again, I'm a huge fan of mm-hmm. the comedy ones. I also like the trailer ones. Those are fun. Mm-hmm. The trailer ones oh, are really oh, fun. Yeah. I like the action ones. 
I I used to watch AMVs done by this one YouTuber. I don't know if they're still active, but when I was younger, they were called Curry Mutton Pizza, and they used to do the absolute best Oran High School Host Club AMVs, and they would always do them to things like Avenue Q and Cabaret and like South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. It was hilarious, my favorite uh, shit. But the best AMV uh, that I've seen, or AMV series, rather, in the last couple of years, someone has been doing... Evangelion AMVs to Tenacious D songs. Look look them up. Oh, <laughs> they are the yeah, best yeah, yeah, AMVs yeah, yeah. like out there. I feel like this is like those AMVs are like the gold standard of what I think a good AMV like can yeah. be. At least at least nowadays with today's And like technology AMVs. too. Yeah, what I'm saying. Because like I I know exactly which AMVs you're talking about. And I think that Every time we saw one of those AMVs, because it was a couple of years in a row, um, is it Kim H. Com? If you look up, maybe yeah, I, this I, is I, not yeah. the greatest song <laughs> in the world. I did not yeah, mean yep, to blame that's it. That's it. Yeah, it, I I remember in in and honestly, it might have been because I was a little little bit intoxicated, <laughs> but um, the funniest shit I've ever seen in in terms of an AMV that got that shit is so fucking funny. In terms of how well this AMV artist just put things together and mashed them and like conceptualized everything, it was so well done. Mm-hmm. That and um, and Ro, you know exactly which one I'm going to talk about. The um, uh, the Master yes! Chef AMV. The first time I saw the Master Chef AMV, I almost pissed myself. That's another really good one. <laughs> And I, and it's not in that's not that's not even a joke. I actually almost peed myself because it, it, it I was not expecting the level of editing, the level of dedication, the twist at the end. I was expecting none of it. Um, support your local AMV artists con- uh, at conventions. They are important, and they they are what a lot of anime culture is based off of. For real, it is a it is mm-hmm. an often overlooked art form because. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, the only AMVs I had exposure to were, uh, were like Sasuke X Sakura every time oh we touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, they should it's, make that a category at, at AMVs, retro yes! styling AMVs. You can only use like Naruto, Bleach, and you have to use Linkin oh Park. God. At yeah, because it's always just scene, next scene, follow up scene. It's never any like creative no. editing or no. After Effects. You have to use Windows Movie Maker. Oh. To oh. Be you have to have unregistered hypercam too. You have to have the blue screen. Unregistered yep. hypercam yep. too, always. <laughs> yeah, and then have it slightly off sync with flip the video. It, like, so slightly. it's the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's got to be mirrored. And the quality has to <laughs> dip somewhere for no reason. Yeah, Mm because they got different sources. And then the title (laughs) court, of course, has to be, this is my A of V. Hope you liked it, smiley face. Rar XD. Rar XD. Follow. There has to be one that's not only mirror flit, but has the subtitles. (laughs) Because they got it off of (laughs) I totally advocate for that. I I mean, I, I would... I demand it. I absolutely demand it. Mm. Personally, if uh, my favorite hangout spot in the entire of the convention is the mm. arcade, 
It's, for real, I don't I like feel it. complete. Like I don't feel like I'm at the convention until I go into the game center and I hear the stomping of the feet to the dance dance machines, the rhythm of all the rhythm games vibrating against my chest, and just all the the crowds and lines and the distant. Uh, Smash Brothers playing in the background on the big screen projector and the rows of pachinko, pachinko machines. machines. Oh, pachinko machines. God, that's, I... Whenever I think about going uh, going into the convention space, that's the sound that I always use to get to that space. Yeah, the pachinko machines. Oh. I was first play. I was like, I've already lost? How did that happen? <laughs> what happened? Where did the money go? Where did the balls go? I, I I'm basing this off of my own experience with Pachinko. Um, so, um, in 2019, I went to a I I went I took a small vacation over to good old Japan, place where anime is <laughs> born and raised. For all oh my god! <laughs> and and um, I will never forget. There was a pachinko parlor parlor right next to uh, the place that I was staying, and the sheer amount of noise and cigarette Oof. smoke wow. that, came, that came out of that pachinko parlor every single time I got off the train is unfathomable. <laughs> it is so loud, and like. Y'all think y'all think that the pachinko machines in 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 the game room are loud. Imagine like times a hundred, and it's just pachinko machines. I can't, that wow. hurts my ears. It's, wow. it's so it's so bad. It's so so bad. And also I... like it's also really funny because pachinko like gambling is illegal in Japan. Um. Like you're not allowed to do it in Japan legally, um, so with pachinko, basically the way they get around gambling is with pachinko machines and pachinko parlors, mm-hmm. um, and that you go to the pachinko parlor, you spend your money, and you get a certain amount of pachinko balls, and you play your pachinko, and you get your number of pachinko balls back. You can then go to to put the the uh, prize exchange counter where you can exchange for any number of prizes a lot of time it's like candy or snacks or sodas or like sake or beer or whiskey or anything like that or you can talk to the guy and go I want a token that will have the exact amount of pachinko balls I want on it so I can take home I've never understood pachinko, and now I super don't understand so, it. <laughs> so, you take that, you then take that token, and you go around the corner to a building that is most of the time nearly attached to the pachinko parlor, and you exchange that token for money. Because it is not exactly gambling because you were spending money on tokens that you were getting to then go exchange at somewhere else. Wow. Hmm. It's kind of it's it's kind of like um with DC for the longest time. I don't know if it's like that now, but for with marijuana, um you could go to DC 
and you could buy um you could buy a forty five dollar t shirt. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> you buy a forty five dollar t shirt, and that forty five dollar t shirt would just happen to ha- come with forty five dollars worth of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> because you weren't technically buying the marijuana, you were buying the t-shirt and the marijuana would come uh, as a gift. The classic loophole. It's 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 all wow. it's all loopholes. And that's why pachinko is such a big thing. Because it's loopholes. It's all fucking loopholes. It's loopholes to get around Japan's weird gambling logs so you can just buy pachinko balls to go then exchange for money. <laughs> I remember trying a pachinko sh- machine once at a convention and I remember saying, I don't get it, and I never played again. Uh-huh. Mm. I remember spending like $20, then $20 on Pachinko, and then saying, uh-oh, this is a bad sign. Yep. I. It was just kind of fun. It was just kind of fun when the lights <laughs> booped and I got more balls. I, it's, huh? it's, it's really stimulating. That's, that's, that's gambling for you, baby. <laughs> I, it's, it works. Mm. I mean, I get it. I I get it, but I mostly liked it because of the rhythm games, like poppin' music, you know? Love me some poppin' music, love some, uh... Poppin' music. Poppin'. What's that other game Oh, Taiko no Tatsujin? Uh, That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it Taiko Drum? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, there's yeah, that one machine. Say, you can play Storm Groove Coaster. <laughs> I love Groove Coaster. Although it's weird in Japan, nobody plays Groove That's Coaster. That's so weird. Everyone's either playing DDR or Taiko. <laughs> Taiko is so much fun. I mean, it's just you get to beat the shit out of a drum, and it's like, no, it's And it's, the drums it feels are so good. cute. Yeah. And you can do it to, like, just random anime OPs, you know? There's a it's good. It's- one rhythm machine I really like, but I cannot remember the name of. It's where it has, like, various different arrows on the screen. You have to swipe down, or uh, it's where all the... <laughs> circles slowly move towards the center you have to tap them when they get to the right part and it's usually to anime OPs especially Attack on Titan which has a fucking bomb ass (laughs) sequence Uh, I thought you were going to segue at that time and I was like I'm pretty good at this I can play this on extreme (laughs) it just gave up crossed my arms and said it's rigged there's such a there's such a like wide gap skill gap between like medium and hard for that song and then from hard to extreme it's almost a massive chasm oh my, mm-hmm. oh my gosh and then the flip the table game that game is also really fun <laughs> and then the there's just so much i love about that kind of experience in the actual arcade with the arcade games the the let's sit at a table that's got a plastic a plastic table and some plastic chairs and we're gonna play this uh we're gonna play dragon ball z uh, dragon ball fighters Mm -hmm. before it's come out in the uh, west so it's gonna be all japanese Mm -hmm. uh that i'm not such a big fan of oh the gundam pods yeah those are really cool the gundam pods are great i did find those cool especially the what was it the boost ex or whatever the one where Mm -hmm. i was like wow we're gonna win and then we just got absolutely beat beat down into the dirt yeah well, a lot of the idea behind a lot of these arcade centers is to mimic um what what a japanese arcade is like right in that you you go in most of the time it's a lot of isolated experiences 
you go in, there's no light, there's no alcohol, there's no drugs. Most of the time, it's very isolated. Like, this is a place you go to to play a video game on a weekend, and that's it. And conventions really do... Um, keep the spirit alive. Cater, keep that spirit alive. And they, they, they cater to that kind of experience of, um, yeah, like, maybe this is my idea of a fun Friday night in that I don't want to get absolutely blasted or I don't want to get really high or really drunk or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I want to go to a place where I can just play video games with other people. You know, oh, I can shit. sit down and I can sit down in a public place and get my ass beat in a <laughs> fighting game and have a good ass. I can't time. believe anime conventions are wholesome, mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> they are. And they're <laughs> largely, largely anime conventions are very, very good experiences. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is just a matter of keeping yourself surrounded with the right people. Because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that every single anime convention is like love and roses and <laughs> God, um, love and roses and um, you know happy times. Because like, let's be real. Just as in every other every everyday society, there are a lot of kind of weird dudes out there. There are a lot of really really weird and kind of gross people out there. Oh yeah, but yeah, it, there's gross people right here. Oh I'm God. talking self-proclaimed oh, yeah. gross back person. To the top t- <laughs> self-proclaimed gross person, but you know, going it, back to it, the top tips for conventions, real quick, carry with you a little pocket thing of hand sanitizer yes. and use it frequently. Like even if you go up the escalators and you put your hand on the side to like rest, use hand sanitizer right after. Yeah, I think that's like a rule Ugh. of thumb for anywhere in public now, though. No cap. I went to Bath and Body Works today and they're like, we're having a sale on hand sanitizer. And I was like, stock me up. Although I was a dummy and didn't get (laughs) one of those cool little like hand sanitizer holders. But. Oh, oh, yeah. They got cool ones right now. That's Mm -hmm. got that looks like a cat with a ghost sheet over it and it makes a little meow noise. Yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back in the mall later because I bought pants that were too big. But yeah, Mm. anime (laughs) conventions are rad as hell. And Yeah. yeah, support them. Like, let them grow and become places where a lot of people that think, like, you can congregate and you can meet new people and create and foster friendships with those people. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. I feel like like that is a really essential experience, especially just, you know, avoiding that feeling of isolation Mm -hmm. and which I think has been the biggest help for me through the entire experience Mm -hmm. of being a weave. Mm -hmm is just knowing that I am not, in fact, alone and that it's not just people on the internet who have the same interests, mm-hmm. which has been a really big uh, a really big help through doing this podcast is getting to meet people right. and they're actually alive and they will talk to me. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, no, and that that's always such a very important thing. And I'm going to do a tiny bit of a segue here into something that Rowan and I usually speak specialize a little bit more in in that um ro and i do we we panel at a lot of conventions um Mm -hmm. topics interests things that just you know we'll come up with ideas that say oh hey like this is something that i think we could really really do a good panel on let's brainstorm and come up with something and 
I feel like there are a lot of people that have a lot of these ideas that go, hey, I think this is a really good idea. Let's try to get this somewhere so we can spread it to other people and share it with other people. And conventions in general are a really good place to do that. Um, a lot of times, you know, before we started paneling, it was always, oh, I want to be where the panelist is. I want, I want to panel at conventions. I want to talk to people about the things that I like and talk to people about my ideas and so on and so forth. But there really isn't anything stopping you from doing it. Yeah. And you really just need to take the steps to come up with ideas, to share your ideas and share your thoughts and share your feelings with people about things that you like to talk about and things that you like to think about. And what's the worst and, that can happen? Mm -hmm. The worst thing that happens is that you get, you know, you, you don't get necessarily um, picked, you know, accepted for a panel and <laughs> go back to the drawing board and you submit the next one and you get accepted for that one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this isn't to say that you're going every single panel that you're going to do is going to be a banger, right? Um, um, There's always room for improvement. And I think it really shows when you go to a panel at a convention in it shows how or rather, God, I'm so bad at words. It shows when, how, who, when. It shows when they really take the time to put it together. And it's not just, you know, schlocked together. Because we've gone to a couple panels that we could definitely tell that this was like schlocked together. And and it was very uncomfortable that we're just schlocked <laughs> together. And shame on us. But also, there we'd also have had panels that have been awesome and pretty well researched mm -hmm. and we've gotten mm -hmm. some awesome feedback and even, you know, con staff telling us that, hey, this is actually something that I had never heard of or considered. I'm really glad that I got to hear that and now I'm going to go watch this show. So that's kind of like where we're at with like panels. Hmm. That's very interesting. Because I do think that a, a very well-made panel can actually get someone into a new yeah. interest. I I never had any interest in K-pop, but then I went to an actual, like, <laughs> a, not, I'm not to say that it's bad, but I went to an actual good K-pop, like, the, uh, what's it, they basically were talking about the industry, the studio, and they were, um, then they talked about, like, their best, their best groups that they really liked, that they thought that no one knew of, that they didn't have any attention. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And this music's actually good. And I started listening to it. And there's been a lot of other things that I've learned from good panelists mm -hmm. who like uh, Japanese treat making. That one was a real interesting one. Architecture and anime was a surprisingly fascinating watch, listen, participation, I suppose. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of them that I really, really like. And there are some panels that... I do feel like we had a uh, Basil who's actually a con head or was a con head for um for Hamacon, which was a North, which was an Alabama con that ran for 10 or so years. And he talked about the approval process that goes into approving cons. And he said that one of the things he he saw a lot happen a lot was just, you know, ask fic ask fictional character, fictional character, you know, panels, you know, where they cosplay as a character and then you right. you know 
they run that panel as that character. And I I never went to one until he kind of talked about them. And I thought that that's kind of, I like that people can have that spirit and love for a particular character mm-hmm. that they say, I'm going to be up on the stage and I am going to take all this knowledge of this character and make it so that it is a fun, entertaining event for everyone to be around. And I admire that kind of just dedication to doing that because it it does take, I think if you're really into it, you would you would research, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, my character doesn't like bananas. You ask me if I like bananas, <laughs> I'm going to say no. So I really admire that sort of dedication. I admire any sort of actual research that goes into anything just from doing some of the stuff we've had to do um, involving actual history and processes like like fan subbing like there there's a lot you have to do for that so i think oh that, my god that you guys can do in that. the mm-hmm. in the to the tune of fan subbing we went to an amazing panel that was all about four kids mm-hmm. oh my god i have Ooh, never nice. laughed harder at a panel than the four kids dubbing panel it was incredible the people who ran that panel researched it very well they made us they made us stand on a saturday morning oh my god yeah we got up so early for it and they made us stand for the national anthem while sonic the hedgehog and luffy screamed the national anthem oh my god it was so good it was so funny but that's like the kind of shit that you know i really like going to so i also want to present panels that someone will want to get up at nine in the morning on a Saturday for, you know? And what's what's their name? Um Charles, I think. Charles the Dunbar. That, they're amazing. Charles Dunbar. Charles Dunbar is incredible. If you are ever at a convention in On the East Coast. On the East Coast. And no, no, they they do conventions all around the Oh really? The country. But if you're ever at a country in a convention that see you're at a panel with Charles Dunbar at it please do yourself the favor and go to it. They are some of the most well-researched and well-thought-out panels that I've ever seen in my entire life. They've also written, like, two books on Madoka Magica, which is, like, crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They, They are so, they are so, so good at researching and presenting information. They are so knowledgeable at all of these things. And I cannot stress to you, like, if if every panelist had a tenth of the work effort and um, knowledge that Charles Dunbar does, every anime convention's panels would be stacked fully every single day. It, it is it is some of the most immaculate presenting I've ever seen in my life. Interesting, fascinating, even. <laughs> I mean, I don't have I don't have any research like under my belt as a panelist. All I've ever done is just told people to do a pose and please stretch before you do these. I know these are stretches to do stretches, but please don't hurt. <laughs> Hell yourself. yeah, it's good to keep people safe. Yeah, well, that was, it was I really liked doing the panel when I when I was doing it, but it just I've yet to do any paneling myself. I've just been the observer. <laughs> But, not the, oh, but not there's the nothing you will sport. But there's nothing stopping you from doing so. That that's that's kind of where I'm getting at right now. Is well, that, the the con approval process says otherwise. Well, well but it, okay, <laughs> but here, okay, so let's talk about how to beat the con approval process. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, what British. I this is what I always do. I keep all of the books from anime conventions at least like t- from two years ago like th- after like two years i'll throw it out but like i go back and i look at okay well how are these 
basically, how are these anime convention panels presenting themselves in the description? And mm-hmm. what I do is I take the best out of those because when you apply, you basically have to write a, okay, what is this panel and why should we, you know, right. put it on? Mm-hmm. And I base the, you know, what is the panel off of all of these other panel descriptions that have come before. And I think it's really helpful to do your research. Mm-hmm. If you are seriously considering, you know, paneling at a convention, look at how people are describing their panels. Look mm-hmm. at what verbiage they use. Like, how what is their call to action, you know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it is, to- <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's a matter of looking at. Looking at, you know, conventions and the people they accept and going, well, um, you have to understand that none of these conventions, and this is a big problem that I have with conventions personally, because I've seen a lot of conventions that have gotten, like, a lot of uh, panels that have gotten accepted that I sit there and go, how the fuck did this get accepted? And the answer is, they really worded their panel really, really well. And they, they sold that you you have to sell the idea, right? You have to sell the idea of this is a subject that is really really good on paper, but yeah. a- after you get on that paper, it's how you execute it afterwards. Um, Ro and I have done a, did a panel in Katsukon twenty twenty, and this is the only time we will probably I will ever talk about this panel because we were <laughs> burying it deep 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 down. Um, <laughs> it's our worst panel by far. Um, it was because, the, it was ooh, the it, pit. Oh, talking melancholy exclusive. It is, it is absolutely the absolutely the pit of well, our the thing panel was, experience. It went. It was going pretty well at first, and then we we definitely overestimated the power of Wi-Fi at the convention. We had we had put too much faith into the con again con staff and Wi-Fi. That's another problem I have. Like panelists don't get Wi-Fi, but. At the Gaylord, you can access Wi-Fi if you stay at the hotel. And in some parts of the convention, you can access the hotel's Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So we were like, oh, my God, this is fine. We have everything downloaded. Like, it'll be okay. And we did, like, a quiz game at first, and that was cool. But then when it got to the actual, like, showing the stuff that we had on our Google Drive, it was a hot mess. And we no. had to, like, stall with, like, video games. It was, like, bad. <laughs> no, nothing, mm. nothing nothing, was in order. Everything yeah. was out of place. Because it, it downloaded it was, weird. It was yeah. it was very not good. It was, it was a hot mess. But it's, um, you know, on paper, our panel, and, you know, this, this is, we, we are never going to do this panel again for a multitude of reasons. Um, the biggest reason is that it does not play to our strengths as panelists, um, because Ro and I do better as panelists when we can play off of each other rather than letting the audience take the wheel. Um, and this was a panel that we let the audience take the wheel. Um, Audience take the wheel. (laughs) Exactly. And, and our biggest issue was that, you know, on paper, the, the, the panel was dub a dojin and we would invite people up from the audience randomized to come up and you know add voice lines to a doujinshi and it would be funny and it was fun and on paper that's a panel that just about everybody and their mother wants to go to mm-hmm. um what we were not expecting was Wi-Fi the sheer issues, volume the sheer of volume of fucking people that would want to come to it the microphone setup that was in the convention center in which we only had one microphone that was actually functional 
Um, yeah. And oftentimes we had doujins that were between two or three people um, that had to pass yeah. the volume, that had to pass the microphone around to a multitude of people, and that microphone could not move more than eight inches at a time, and just a myriad of other things. And so this is a prime example of, you know, in in we are, what, probably seven out of eight panels that are good. Um, this is one experience that, you know, we learned a lot from. And looking back on it, we go, damn, this shit kind of sucked. And we <laughs> learn from our mistakes and we go, well, you know, maybe we won't do these again. And how did we get here on the panel stage in the first place? And it was a poorly executed panel. But the way we got accepted was the fact that we verbed it and we worded it really, really well. And that's how you get accepted. You know, because right now, with the current state of paneling in the you know, anime convention sphere, you don't have to pr provide any level of, um, of evidence that your panel is going to be something that is actually well thought out or well versed or well you know produced or anything like that you just have to present a good idea and then you work on that idea later on and i'm not saying just submit shitty ideas to get accepted and go to a convention but what i'm saying is that like think of the verbiage if you if you really want a panel and you think that you have a really really strong idea you show up at an anime convention and you go well I brought you in with these ideas and this verbiage that, you know, brought you into my panel, and now let me present to you all the information that I have. And then you get, you know, your Charles Dunbars and people like that that have these really, really strong ideas that go, damn, that was a fucking amazing panel. And you come out of it enriched and enlightened and looking forward to looking at anime in a different way. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Okay. Interesting. I will stop making my PowerPoint presentation then and just use wordplay. Because that's basically all I've done for our submissions is actually make a, is make a PowerPoint. <laughs> Well, it's basically too like your podcast descriptions as well. You know, you make up really good descriptions for whatever your shows are. Just kind of, you know, reverse it or tweak it into a way that will work for, I don't know, a panel. I think like any of your episodes actually could be a really good mm -hmm. panel. 100%. 100%. Yeah. But you have, to, you have to sit there and you have to go, well, like, think, think about panel applications as like job applications. Or <laughs> or resumes or things like that. So you, you, but it, I know, right? I, it sucks that I'm going through it right now. Like I'm submitting a lot of job applications right now, but it's a matter of you know going well. How do I sell myself to <laughs> this panel? Sell yourself. But you have to sell yourself <laughs> to this panel of people that go. Okay, I decide whether or not this panel makes it into this convention or not. And it's the same idea. Yeah. It's the same idea as getting a job. You know, it's like. You have to sell yourself first on paper, right? Because they're not gonna sit they're not gonna sit there and individually call in every single person that submits an application because that's not functional. And you have to sit there and you have to go, okay, well I'm gonna sell myself. And I'm gonna sell myself <laughs> on this idea and how I'm going to present myself to this group of people that will get me accepted into this anime convention so I can present my idea to them. 
It's literally like I say when people are applying for fanzines, which I'm, I do not like fanzines. However, like stock the mods. Like again, look at what panels have already been accepted to the different cons, you know? Odds are they'll pick something that is of a similar vein and my cat is like moving around and I apologize if you can hear his little bell tingling. <laughs> My cat has been meowing in the background for so long, Plus. and I have just been like, "Why? <laughs> Why are you baby. so mad?" But you know, you you Good do baby. you do have to you know you do have to consider those things, and you have to consider the you know you are competing for positions with other people, and they don't look at what you actually have on hand; they look at what you can present to them as an idea. And then if you do good work for them after that, then they'll instantly accept you into a lot of conventions afterwards. I mean, shit. Word, like, word, word gets around, it too. Does. And, you know? it, and especially, like, in, like, certain regions, like, basically all of the con staff and the con boards on the East Coast are the same people. Most of the time, they're the same people. And so you'll sit there and you'll go, oh, shit, this group of people, they did this convention up in, you know, Anime NYC. I know them from that. And a lot of people really like that panel. I'm going to accept them over into Anime Next. Right. You know, that, and that, that's kind of how the word goes down. And you do have to sell yourself to a certain extent of, well, this is what I do well. This is what. I know has done well in the past and let me word this really well and then present this idea. And then you get accepted and then you start working on the project. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. Ro and I um, uh, submitted four panels for Katsukon 2022. Yeah, we that's ha the thing. We, have, just, like, we submitted, try. We submitted yeah. four panels for Katsukon 2022. I am not going to lie to anyone listening to this right now. We have not started working on any of them. That's false. I have okay. started working on one, one of, of them. them. But three out, th three out of four, we have not started working on. Right. Yeah, only because I I got really hyper fixated one evening and I found just the right Twitter that would yes, get me a lot exactly, of the footage. Exactly. But, so. but, but that, that's the, the whole thing is, is like, you know, we have not started working on any of them because realistically, why are you going to spend the effort and time on something that might not get presented? Right? Especially with Katsukon, and that's something with Katsukon that I will say that I will always hail Katsukon head and shoulders above the rest. They give you so much time for panelists to um, notify panelists of if they are accepted or not. Yeah, um, hopefully we'll find out in a couple of weeks, like, like fifteen yeah. days. Yeah, um, the, at the end of the cause month. Because historically, Katsukon has let us know if we are working Katsukon by the end of September. Katsukon yeah. does not happen until February. To put the yeah, to put this into perspective, that. anime next we didn't know about until like April. And yeah, and that con is in June. June. And then Otakon, and this is what I was saying earlier about Otakon huh. being pretty <laughs> shittily run in terms of a panelist perspective. Um, uh. hap happens happens end of July, early August. The last time we paneled at Otakon, we did not get notified until early July. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> this year, I got 
majorly like BCC'd on all of the panelist emails for Otakon because I applied in 2020. I didn't get in. But then the next year they're like, okay, well, we're just like accepting everyone who applied last year. And I was like, I excuse me, I can't go. But I kept getting the emails for panelists. And I was like, please do not put me on this bill. Like I will not be here. And I don't want you guys to like think I'm going to be there and be a flake. So yeah, I was just like, oh my God, this is so much, so much. <laughs> and it it is just kind of a, it, it's, it's, it's so hard because you don't. You, it's so hard. It, it is, and you, you don't want to appear as a flake, but you you do have to kind of cast a wide net. You cast yeah. a wide net, and and think of you want to think of the year for an anime convention as like a circuit, right? Um, yeah, you, you for think sure, you think yeah. of you think of the year as a circuit. So it's like our for Ro and I, our first convention of the year is Katsuko. That's the first one of the year. And then we apply all of our like high, like low key kind of like not great ideas to Katsukon. See what gets accepted. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. We have good ideas. I'm not, I, I'm not, not saying I'm not <laughs> saying that all of our ideas are bad, but we have definitely submitted some not great ideas to Katsukon before that didn't get accepted. But then we really like sat down and refined our. Um, stronger ideas that did get accepted and then took those ideas and submitted them to the rest of the convention circuit. You know, we submitted to them to Anime Next, we submitted them to Anime USA, we submitted them to, um, we submitted them to Otakon, things like that, you know, you, you submit them to all the places that you know you can get to after you do that, like, kind of, like, first, like, beta test. Beta test. And for, and for us, Katsukon is kind of, like, it, it kind of sucks because it is a big convention, um, and we're lucky, and like I will say that we are very, very, very lucky that we were accepted into Katsukan at like for a couple of our earlier ideas um, to just kind of go, oh, these are panelists that have been accepted before. You know, they've done a decent job. We're going to accept them back. We're lucky to have that. Um, yeah. Um, but Katsu, like you, you have to kind of pick that first convention to go. Well, this is our testing ground. And then we see how this goes here, and then we take it to further grounds later on. Like, for us, that's Anime anime Next. Like, Anime Next has treated us so, so well, especially with, like, the convention staff and the fans. Um, the fans at Anime Next are lovely. They're some of the best people you will be there wonderful yeah they're, they're very so good. good they're very good audience yeah. members they don't try and like steal the microphone or try to like overtake the panel like i've i have seen at other conventions before and yeah everybody at anime next is super chill super nice the con staff is lovely honestly atlantic city doesn't really have much if you're not into game more gambling if you're not into gambling but <laughs> i will say the convention center at Atlantic City is one of the nicer convention centers. It's also the best place for cosplay True. wrestling because it literally has like an atrium where it looks like the goddamn Coliseum. So everybody just like watches cosplay wrestling into the atrium. And it's like, that's a magical it experience. Is. Again, like this whole communal thing of people just like weaving out and watching, you know, Luigi body slam Captain America. Like, I, I love it. It's a, it's a special experience that you can only get at. Mentioned it is something that, wow. that is very, yeah. very special. 
cosplay wrestling sounds wild and kind of dangerous. Um, it's it's it, fun. it is dangerous and it is wild and it is fun. And honestly, <laughs> that's all you really need. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm I'm literally sitting sitting here like looking at like I was looking at my uh, the presentation I had typed up and I was like, oh, I didn't. I I really didn't do the description like I do for the episodes. I wasn't I wasn't wake at four a.m. in the morning half drunk. <laughs> That's the secret. Right, drunk, edit sober. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like take take the time and really write out a good. You know, hey, like this is what we're about. This is what we're doing. You know, really take the time and sell yourself. I love how we just keep saying sell yourself. You want <laughs> convention to. But it's true. Like, Maybe that's we what should you say promote you yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yourself, yourself. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm. I, I am I not sell myself from this one. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we should oh also goodness. do that as like submit but multiple not, I, panels, if <laughs> hoping to get one out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although it would there be just our it's, luck. Was like we yeah, we send in five panels and we get five approved. It's like good luck, yes! chumps. <laughs> but that that's the dream, though. You know, it's like it's is it going to be a really busy weekend for you? Yeah, is it going to be a really great learning experience for you? It's going to be one of the best learning experiences you're going to have. In terms of being a professional, in terms being of a professional weeb, <laughs> it's true. It's true, though. You know, it's like, um, like I, I do like, and for I don't, I don't know about Ro, but like for me at least, like I do like to have that one convention a year that I don't really have to worry about. Yeah, like, for me, that's Anime that. NYC. I like right. vibing at Anime yes. NYC. I just for for me. For yeah. me, it's Anime USA. What's your vibe cons? Hmm. I'm always vibe. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's for me, it's Momocon. It's like the Aww. biggest one I've gone to so far, and it's it's just the kind of that typical experience for me. I always, I always just kind of because it's it's one of my first cons. I always have gone to Comic Con. And just kind of soaked it in before because how small it is and how sort of weirdly personal it feels, especially because it's just easy to get the the uh, home hotel for that one or the uh, connected hotel. So it's just easy to have that con hotel experience, which is the absolute best. It's just oh, not yeah. having to go, oh, I've got to walk yeah. five blocks to get to my hotel while I'm carrying this statue of a half nude uh, Neko girl. This is... <laughs> And having people in downtown look at me because I'm cosplaying. I'm decided that this is going to be the day I cosplay a uh, uh, sixty uh, Batman from the '60s because I thought that this was going to be Friday's uh, Friday's <laughs> feeling. But oh my god, <laughs> sure, it's, sure. And, but but yeah. it, it's really just I vibe wherever I go, mostly because as I've as I've been saying, I I really do need that sort of affirmation from being in a room of people who are also who also will do the uh, gosh I've, I'm li- I'm blanking out right now. But I also was do say, the vibe. Yeah, do the vibe. <laughs> I was gonna say, will you hire hire dance with me? If you so, you're my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that then that's what you gotta find. But it's you know like. For for Ro and I, it's you know we we have our our quote unquote working conventions, right? Where we're like kind of on call, we're on <laughs> duty, we have to like schedule and plan and blah 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 blah. And then we have our vibing conventions where it's like, yeah, I'm not doing shit. You know, I'm I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna be a 
goddamn <laughs> weeb, and I'm gonna and- enjoy myself. And I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun, and I'm not gonna worry about doing panels or being places or making appearances. Honestly, and it's so great that there are so many conventions across the country, across the mm-hmm. nation, across the world that you can go to and find a new place to vibe or find a new place to share your ideas. That's the beauty of anime conventions. Like those furries back in the '80s really knew what they were doing <laughs> when they started making their own like solo mm-hmm. cons, like Jesus. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's it's insane, like, how much, you know, how many good memories I get from anime conventions and all of the experiences I've had from when I was 14 all the way up to now 27. It's It's insane. And I feel so lucky that I get to see, like, this younger generation of weebs, again, emerging into the scene and seeing them do their dumb TikTok dances, but they're living their best lives, so I can't (laughs) be mad about it. It's just, it's so wholesome and precious, and yeah, I I love anime conventions. That's my soapbox for tonight. (laughs) It's a good soapbox to be on. (laughs) I think that we have all had our time on the soapbox, but yeah. But before we we kind of pre- we phased this out into the winding down because this is getting close to two hours and yeah our fan our quote unquote fan base doesn't can't stand anything over ninety minutes according to statistics. <laughs> uh, That's fine. You can edit some of my rambling out if you would like. <laughs> no, nah, I'm a fan. I'm gonna keep. I'm, you're gonna have like I'm gonna be like, hey Craig, edit row to be like the the loudest above all of oh, us. No. <laughs> I probably do have the loudest above you all anyway. I'm like in the red ninety percent of the time. Oh yeah, I I beg to differ. I am barely I barely talk and it's going up and down, up and down. But <laughs> you know what? Life is full of peaks, and so is my voice track. I've been told to check my <laughs> levels like for three or four weeks now because. He's had to, like, turn the volume down by three decibels. Eh, I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but what we we forgot to do the question we ask everybody before we go in. So maybe, Craig, you could, like, edit this at the start and all this character <laughs> development will just be rendered moot. It'll feel weirdly off of continuity. I don't care. But uh, we did not ask you guys, what is the worst anime you've ever watched? Uh, I mean... I only watch good anime. I don't know what you're talking about. No, Um, you don't. No, everybody says that. I mean, I would... I mean, the ugliest anime I ever watched was Kurokano's Basket. Like, I said it before. It's ugly. I couldn't couldn't watch it because it's just so unwatchable. Sorry, I require my sports anime boys to be pretty. I do want to see pretty boys doing things, not ugly boys. You say that Taiga's not... They look uh, like don't. they are 40, and they're supposed to be in high school, <laughs> except for Kurokuno. He's the only one that looks like a high schooler, and I'm like, okay, like, he's all right, but he's boring. His character design is boring. Kurokuno's basket, I can't speak to the actual content, but it is ugly. I mean, I guess if I'm being shady, I'll just say Attack on Titan and leave it at that. So... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst anime you've ever watched and it's our most successful podcast episode honestly though my, my most successful podcast episodes are also my no tps so i'm i'm forever on the losing team here so it's okay 
no it's it's fine i just find that absolutely hilarious i'm also i was trying to think of who the guy was that I absolutely hated from kuroko before i close before i close that discussion out the guy with uh the guy who like was always dunking on them the guy with like tan skin and black hair yeah, i don't know i i, hated I don't know that any guy. of them uh what about you storm oh uh... This is a rabbit hole. I don't think anybody wants to go down because I don't like a lot of things. Uh, I mean, literally, Ro just said I, Attack on Titans, the worst anime I've ever I mean, seen, and I'm it's I, it's also on my list. Let's see. Okay, um, damn. Attack on Titan, Darling in the Frame. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Most, thi- I'm, I'm. This is going to be an absolutely nuclear take. That's probably going to get me canceled forever and ever now on. But most things by Studio Trigger. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Uh, season four of Food Wars is fucking horrible. Um. And we love Food Wars. And I, I'm a person that loves Food Wars. So season four is probably one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen <laughs> in my goddamn life. Um, uh, this list goes on. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll just leave it at those. I'll leave it at those because I don't want to burn too many bridges while I'm here. Oh, um, Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> while I'm also, I at. thought you were gonna say My Hero uh, Academia. <laughs> my my hero My Hero Academia also really bad. Um, which is a shame because the first two seasons of My Hero Academia are incredible. Um, but everything after those first two seasons are fucking terrible. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that for right now. Storm is an Aries, can't you tell? We asked you for your for your least favorite anime. You just decided to scorch Earth policy us. Literally, I decided to I, choose I, violence I, for this I, discussion. I. I Always choose violence. That's you that's walked my, into the Roman that's Senate my and just spat captain. on the ground in front of every senator. That's my secret that's my captain. Secret. That, yeah. That's my secret captain. I always choose violence, Craig. This is it is probably for the best that we put this at the end because I would have been like, I don't know how to talk to this man. This man doesn't know. This man doesn't want to listen to reason. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to go at this. Oh, I mean, I'll listen to reason. I'll just tell you I why. Mean, I'll, I'll just tell you why your reason is wrong. I'm, oh, I'm gonna. Okay, Craig, remind me to put a disclaimer at the start of this that all opinions reflect those in not the Otaku Melancholy podcast. Slander, this is a slander podcast, as I like to say. Yeah, I mean, like. But here's the thing. I mean, I'm not a stranger to saying stuff, but. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> that Neon Genesis Evangelion take. Oh, oh God. no! I mean, oh, like, I also love Evangelion, and Storm hates Evangelion. But we are mature adults and can mm-hmm. hang in the same room, even though we don't That's have the, the same taste yeah. in anime. Which Absol- is absolutely. no, I'm not mature. Oh. <laughs> yeah, see, and see, that's why we won't get along. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, and that's, and again, that's the same thing, to maybe I guess wrap it up, that's the same thing with anime conventions too, right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be 100%. something at the con that, and I say this to the children listening who are like, going to go to cons and wham, 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 if they see something they don't <laughs> yeah. like, you know. Because there are going to be a lot of them There's going to be a lot of that. Of the pandemic. And I think it's important that, same thing with us, like, whinging about the Ahigao-like sweaters, right? There's always going to be something you don't like at an anime convention. But if it's not, like, 
breaking the con policy. And if the con is letting it happen, you got to do something else or go somewhere else that's going to make you feel comfortable and not put yourself in a bad situation. And that's my final mom advice. <laughs> no, definitely. 100%. Yep. I mean, you're far more likely, honestly, to see things you don't, you might not like 100% of the con than things you exactly. will. Exactly. Mm-hmm. hmm hmm And speaking of seeing things you might not like, <laughs> we have been the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. Oh, no! <laughs> Epic segue! Got him! Best segue! We have been your hosts... Matt <laughs> and Audrey with our special guests Ro <laughs> and Story we'll edit out the awkward it's okay because we don't ex- we don't explain things well enough this happens every time this is your special guest pause for people to realize we mean them uh, oh this is us We do we go now uh, yeah. yeah you can catch us at our website at otakamelancholy.com where every Sunday for the most part you can find our new episodes and you can find our previous episodes as well as our social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Discord. Also make sure to check out our Patreon and see if you want to contribute to our website staying up. Uh, If you do, we have some neat little things for you. Yeah, you've got me talking about a list from 2015 of my favorite video games because I don't know how to do solo content. <laughs> oh, and light novel reviews. Yeah, those. Yeah, the, your money is going to great products. <laughs> but uh, I think this is where uh, this is where you can plug your stuff. Ah, okay. So I guess I'll go first since. I am the other podcast. So if you are interested in One True Pairings, which is essentially, you know, romantic pairings that you want to see in fiction and people just shouting about how much they love those romantic pairings, I run a podcast called The OTP, The One True Pod, where, as I said before, it's a basically a safe space, safe environment, I don't know, judgment-free zone where people can gush about the kinds of pairings that they like to see in fiction in a judgment-free environment and i do episodes weekly on tuesday you can find me at the one true pod on twitter or you can find us on you know any streaming service spotify google play apple podcast stitcher wherever and it's just the one true podcast i will say it is the one with the pink cover since now i guess we're coming up in searches which in the basketball world yeah (laughs) the basketball world yeah we're you know so we're the we're the show with the pink cover with someone holding a book so that's me and yeah if you want to know more about what storm and i do at conventions we we do have a twitter that we barely get to plug since you know we don't yeah since covid so if you want to follow are like dumb con shenanigans. We are at odd and unpopular on Twitter. Again, that's at odd and unpopular. And hopefully, we will be presenting something at KatsuCon. Who knows? We'll see. I'm following them right now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Twenty and- six followers now. <laughs> Awesome. Maybe maybe eventually I'll be able to be on OTP to talk about my LeBron James ex Bugs Bunny fix. Oh no! 
do it. I need to it's a safe space. You have to let it happen. Honestly, I will let it happen. I need to remember, though. I need to get better at making, like, an actual, like, Google Doc with, like, a sign-up sheet because I just, like, have people go into the DMs and then I forget that they're there and then I program the season and I feel so awful that I forgot people. So I do apologize if I forgot anyone. I got to get more organized since now people actually want to come on my show. <laughs> So, um, yeah. So, yeah, please just, come on the show to talk about LeBron James. I would love to hear about your uh, LeBron James Bugs Bunny AU with some uh, past Michael Jordan for some angst. Oh, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it get, yeah. When Michael Jordan gets thrown in the mix, that's when the drama really breaks <laughs> the love out. Triangle. The, the absolute longing. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Mess like, you have anything no, no, to plug no. Storm? I don't got shit. Um, I'm just kind of a guy. Um, I show up. <laughs> I show up every guy. now and again. <laughs> I, it's true. Like I'm not a guy. I, like, I'm just I'm just a dude. Like I don't do shit. Um, yeah, I'm most I mostly run our social media stuff. So yeah, I show I show up I show up every now and again with Row on the uh, with um, on um, One True Podcast. And then, you know, Auto Popular was something that was really taking off post-pre-pandemic, but then absolutely collapsed once the pandemic happened. Um, so since then, I've been chilling. I'm thinking about I'm going to get into streaming again. Um, but if you want to follow, follow me on Twitter, you can just find me at, uh, at, F, uh, at Frostria. That's F-R-O-S-T-R-I-A-H on Twitter.com, also known as the Bird App, also known as the Hell Site. Um, the Thunderdome. And it's and also known as Thunderdome. It's really up to y'all if you really want to follow me. I don't really do much there, so feel free to engage. I'll always be true of giving my completely unfiltered opinion. Okay, and last unfiltered opinion. What's your favorite anime and why is it Odd Taxi? <laughs> That's. <laughs> That's a that's a conversation for a different day that could fill up at least two hours of conversation on a different podcast. I mean, at least we agree on one thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. Most definitely. Odd Taxi, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. And speaking of people who are 10 out of 10, today's quote to wrap us all up comes from Kurt Cobain. Wanting to be someone else is a waste of the anime you are. Powerful stuff. What? Kurt Cobain never said that. <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, yeah, he did. Uh, that, was right off, that was off Nevermind. You don't remember that? Anime? Wanted, he said anime? Wanted to be someone else in the world of all the bad you are. Oh, oh my god. Okay, wait. I totally didn't the- get the joke. It went right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> that joke fine. went right over my head. It is very fine. You are not the first person to come at me with a gun saying, yeah, I don't think I don't think Billy Joel ever said that. <laughs> And I'm like, well, oh my God. kill me if you want. That'll only make me stronger. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Goodbye.